2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. It's your girl, Jacqueline, and I am back once again with my co-host, Extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Ellis. How
3: you doing, sir? I'm I'm doing awful, Jacqueline. Now I look I look great. Um, <laughs> I mean, I it's it's actually the inverse. So if you're looking at this, you know, I don't know what happened to my face this morning. It just looks terrible. Like. You reach a certain age, Jacqueline, where you wake up and like you're awake and you're and you're up and at him and you feel OK. But then you look in the mirror and you're like, ah, part of me is still in bed. And I think that's what's <laughs> happening right now.
2: You know what I've realized in my age? Uh, stretching. I've always been afraid. Like I always tell people, it's like I was not into sports. I ran track and I did yoga, run, stretch. Very simple activities that don't require too much coordination. <laughs> don't let them don't let there be a myth folks. Not all black people can do this stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, I do that, but stretching has become way more important in my age. Way more important in my age.
3: So You got to stretch, especially if you're pulling off stunts like parkour yes. or you're running around the globe looking for treasure, you're putting keys in holes. That's what this movie reminded me of yeah. is the Steven Tyler Aerosmith line. You got the right key baby but the wrong key hole. Yo, and then it's that <laughs> for two Hours, so it, this is going to be a fun, fun episode.
2: Yes, uh, for folks that couldn't tell by that little tease, we are going to be talking Uncharted today. That's right, Tom Holland does his best cosplay of Indiana Jones, and <laughs> gonna go ahead and put a blanket spoiler warning out here right now. We're gonna discuss it in details. Yes, I know it's still in theaters, racking up the cheddar. Some of you may not have seen it. Skip this episode and come back. But if you have seen it, listen along because we're gonna break everything down. It's been out for a little bit, but there's a pretty big uh, tomato meter to audience score disparity. It's rotten at 40% on the tomato meter, and it has an audience score of 90%, and that is a verified audience score. So this is the audience that has actually bought tickets because we have that new system for all new releases. And alongside us today to sort of help discuss the ins and out on it. We brought somebody from inside the lines, as it were, since this movie was based on a video game, we brought in a gaming expert, Bailey Myers. She's the gaming content producer over at Fandom. I mean, girl, like literally, you just scream everything RT, gaming, producing, fandom. I mean, it's all about it. How are you doing today? Three
0: for three. <laughs> I'm doing great. I was just really impressed by that seg into uncharted, uncharted territory.
2: Hey, there we go. bring her back you have already booked your second appearance with that pun yes. right there love it um, nailed it <laughs> stuck the <to> landing <laughs> i love it bailey seriously though so I, i'm a gamer i know mark is a gamer although i do feel like we embrace our old person status on gaming like Past i'm not gonna prime. get yeah. i'm not gonna get beaten up by a 12 year old on Fortnite. not in my it's just not, i don't see that for me but what about you what's your favorite video game
0: Right now, I am deeply obsessed with Horizon Forbidden West. I know everyone's talking. Sorry, my cats are knocking things over behind me. Uh, (laughs) Everyone's talking about Elden Ring at the current moment. I don't know if when this airs in the future, people still will be. But... uh, I'm still trying to just get Aloy to San Francisco, and I'm really enjoying it. Oh, wow. That's I,
3: yeah, so good. I, I got a bone to pick with these Elden Ring folk because like, it, we need to create an app that's not Twitter that they can talk about Elden Ring on. Because I feel like, I don't know if it's a political conversation. I don't know what's happening when they're talking about Elden Ring, but it seems like there's a lot of work that goes into it, which is why I don't play the, the video games anymore because it's just too exhausting.
2: This was so crazy. So I just recently had a run. Um, we were doing on the couch two-person gaming, which I think is a recipe for togetherness or divorce. But uh, I recently played um, It Takes Two and Overcooked with someone. And we like played those two together. And it's actually a fun activity like that. It very much feels like old days when you used to hand off the controller. But you really, it's like it's like Sonic and Tails, you know, v- very that. Um, but it's fun and I'm excited for it. But Bailey, I know that, what, say it again, Horizon. Horizon Forbidden West. Forbidden West. I didn't want to get it wrong, so the gamers came for me. But I know that's what you're obsessed with now, but where does Uncharted fall for you? Because I played 2, 3, and 4. Didn't play Uncharted 1, strangely enough. And I loved Forest particularly.
0: You got the gist of it, I think. <laughs> um, I have played Uncharted 2 and 3 And I have watched long plays of the others because I was like, I think I got the best of the series. I'm good. I'm not going to play the Vita game because um, like many people, I did not have a Vita, which was the Vita's major problem. Mm. So I didn't have the Vita ones, but I don't think I was missing out that much based on just the review disparity for them. (laughs) Uncharted 2 is one of the best games ever made. Uh, I think it's like a landmark in cinematic storytelling in video gaming absolutely and uncharted 3 is a pretty decent follow-up to that
3: wow this (laughs) is like it's It's just Uncharted and Halo were the two games where I I really realized and Knights of the Old Republic, the Star Wars game, where it's like, you know, people just watch video games now. Like back in the day, it, it was torture to have like your brother playing Super Mario Brothers and being like, dude, I can't watch somebody else play a video game. And now it's like what everybody does. That's why Twitch is so huge. And so it's exciting to see video games being watched. And then it's like, well, why can't we ever get a nice big screen adaptation besides the great Mortal Kombat from 1995? And Uncharted, it seems like the, the critics didn't think we did, but it seems like the audience really feels like they nailed it.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Where do you fall on it, Bailey? Do you think Rotten Tomatoes is right or wrong on the
0: 40%? I think they're right. I think that's exactly what I would, if I was giving it like a letter grade, I'd be like, maybe <laughs> maybe I'd take it up to like a D, D, D plus. C minus if I'm feeling really generous. I've said it before, but like if it was like a really hot day and I just wanted to sit in some like crisp corporate air conditioning, I wouldn't mind spending two hours
2: watching (laughs) Uncharted in those circumstances. Corporate air conditioning. As you break my heart with what (laughs) you're saying, I do have to just go ahead and say I do love that corporate air conditioning, especially as we hear now. You know, maybe the next Uncharted, we might have to spend a little extra to see it. Mark, what about you? What do you feel about Uncharted?
3: I got a lot more than corporate air conditioning at my screening because I unknowingly bought a ticket to go see this film in 4DX. It was my first experience with 4DX and the chairs start moving and people start laughing and giggling like they're in an amusement park and I'm like what the hell is happening the thing that tipped me off Bailey was I saw a button where usually like the recliner is because we're so spoiled as human slobs that we all are now I was looking for the recliner button and instead it looked like the recliner button it was blue but then it said water on or off and I'm like is this like a one of those dine in movie theaters where like I turn off the button so they don't bring me more water nope 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 it was the button for squirting water every time there is any sort of aqua presence. Anytime there's some hydrogen and some oxygen on screen, it comes in your face. I kind of really liked the 4DX experience with Uncharted. And I think that that might have informed my opinion of the movie. I was also doing a lot of research into Nicolas Cage movies, which the folks will find out why soon enough. And I watched the two National Treasures movie movies. And then going to Uncharted, it just felt like I was watching the National Treasure sequel that I always wanted. And so I think that Rotten Tomatoes is wrong here, Jacqueline. I think that it's fresh. I'm going to be the nicest version of Bailey, and I'm going to give this a C plus. Wow. You watched
2: it as a roller coaster ride. You're so
3: biased. Oh. oh,
2: wait. Uh, well, let me just jump in on here. Bailey, like, first of all, I really feel bad for you because you're, you're lovely. If folks that are watching this on our video formats, you can see her incredible stuffed animal collection and, in mm-hmm. fact, a Transformer Pikachu. That is, like, more than meets the eye. There you go. That
3: is a Decepticon (laughs) Pikachu worm.
2: Seriously. It's a (laughs) Love it. Love it. Um, Me, personally, though, I also will admit, this is what's so funny. I I hear y'all, Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. The Ketchup crew is very clear. Sometimes I get into my curmudgeonly, like, former critic juices, and they're just like, you just hate fun. And I'm like, you know what? Some days I do. But... And I went to this movie, let me tell you about this movie. First of all, uh, I had an issue getting down there because like every movie in the world, it is so far away from my house now because everything's at the AMC because the ArcLight is closed in LA. I know this is a first world gripe, but like I really would like to get to a theater within an hour and I, all the theater screenings are now in Century City, which takes so long. So I was late, I couldn't get upstairs because I couldn't find my Vax card on my phone. It was just like so, so, so much and I was just annoyed. I sit down and like I miss like maybe the first eight minutes. I've since gone back and, and gotten them, but I miss like the first eight minutes of the show and I'm irritated. And I'm like thinking to this movie, you have no chance of getting me to even like you, let alone not Jacqueline hate you. I've seen Jacqueline in this
3: state before. Yes. I've I've witnessed this version of Jacqueline. It doesn't come out often, but when it does, you do not want to be a so-so movie.
2: No, it's just like the movie gets thick. That movie moved mountains because I walked out of that being like, that was so fun. I enjoyed the heck out of it. And I thought it was because I liked Uncharted because so many of the moments that I loved, I felt like, oh, this is right from the game. I loved it. And and maybe it was because my distance from the game has been so long, because I think I haven't played Uncharted anything in at least almost four years, maybe the beginning of the uh, three years, maybe the beginning of the pandemic, I was playing some stuff. But yeah, I loved it. Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. I think it's fresh. Not quite certified fresh because I have eyes, but it is a very fresh movie. I would put it low 70s, high 60s without even an ounce of reservation. I had a blast with this movie. I want to see a sequel with this movie. I would go and watch this movie again in a theater and I would fight the traffic to do so. Wow. that is. And I mean, the traffic, though, that's a lot. That's what I mean. Like, if there was anyone who would hate the idea of doing it, like, I, I I, was positive I would hate that movie. But don't take my word for it. I want Mark, if you will, please, sir, give us exactly what went down in Uncharted so folks can understand the brilliant cinematic masterpiece that we we all three got to witness.
3: The Jacqueline and I beloved and Bailey, who's probably a lot more informed on the subject, was more lukewarm on. So <laughs> Uncharted, again, spoiler alert, is in effect because it's a newer movie, is a movie about Nathan Drake. He's a wee lad when we first meet him. He's got this cool older brother who wants to get into adventures and travel the world. But then his brother, oh no, he gets expelled. He disappears somewhere, never see him again. Then we meet Nathan Drake as somewhat of an adult, but he still looks like a, he's like, I don't know, mid-twenties. And he's just bartending, trying to make the bill, pay the bills with that money and also by stealing jewelry from rich kids who are probably influencers. And then he discovers this guy named Sully. And Sully is played by Mark Wahlberg, and he's much older than Tom Holland. And so he's like, hey, man... Um, there's this thing and I need might need some help with it. And so then they team up and then they sort of trot the globe after they come face to face with the ostensible villain of the film played by Antonio Banderas at an auction, which is where you always meet cool bad guys at a rich person auction. So from there, we find out that it's a race against time to find this treasure that's been in lore and mythology for centuries Are we going to find it in time? Will the right key fit in the right keyhole? We meet some friends along the way who become enemies, some enemies who become friends, and some people that, after the movie ends, Jacqueline, I still don't trust them, but it is a roller adventure. If it's not Indiana Jones, it's definitely one of the best Tomb Raider movies I've ever seen.
2: Uh, Again, I I said he's cosplaying as Indiana Jones. Definitely not calling this movie an Indiana Jones movie. I'm
3: cosplaying as Nathan Drake today because I got my... uh, You got your Henley Henley on.
2: You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have your Henley holsters. That's the Nathan Drake. Henley holsters, babe. Also, by the way, so many like opposite of tryhard. So many give up costumes this year are going to be the Nathan Drake. Let's go ahead and prepare ourselves now, ladies and gentlemen. This is what it looks like. <laughs> Before we go ahead and, you know, read and judge this year's movie themed costumes, let's go ahead and take a trip back just, you know, a few short weeks ago with our favorite segment, Two Minutes with Tim. I want to make a quick note that when Tim recorded his section, the score for Uncharted was at 41, but now it is at 40. With that said, let's go ahead and send it over to Two Minutes with Tim.
1: Nathan Drake, voiced by Nolan North, is one of gaming's most beloved heroes, a swashbuckling and wisecracking treasure hunter that many felt was a spiritual heir to Indiana Jones. So there was more than a little anticipation for the Uncharted movie since, given how cinematic the games are, would seem to have the building blocks for a great adventure film. However, the critics mostly found the result to be less bad than bland, a so-so action flick that failed to capture the essence of what made the game so much fun. Uncharted is rotten at 41% on the Meter with 212 reviews, but it does have a 90% audience score. So what did the critics have to say? In a rotten review, Kerry Darling of the Houston Chronicle wrote, Tom Holland does his best to bring his charismatic spark to Uncharted, the long-in-the-making movie version of the popular video game, but it is not enough to power this occasionally amiable but lethargic action adventure. However, in a fresh review, Andre Hereford of Washington, D.C.'s Metro Weekly wrote, winning buddy movie chemistry between Uncharted stars Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg help overcome the film's weaknesses. The Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus reads, promisingly cast but misleadingly titled, Uncharted mines its best-selling source material to produce a disappointing echo of superior action films. So that's Uncharted. And let me say, I'm still traumatized by the opening sequence of Uncharted 2 Among Thieves since I'm scared of heights. Back to you folks.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the opening of that game is what's so crazy. And I think what people, what Bailey was alluding to is just this idea of it was a movie. And that's what's going to be so interesting to talk about this film of it in our movie talk section. Because again, the source material is, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot. All right, let's go ahead and take it over to movie talk. So loaded, Bailey. I feel bad about asking it, but seriously though, was there any scenes that you really did love, especially ones that maybe pulled from the games? Because I will say this: Uncharted, the movie, is more Uncharted Four with some of the stories of Uncharted Two and Three.
0: I I just want to say I did enjoy, like I enjoyed the experience. I just don't think it was a good Uncharted movie. That's Mm. that's my major gripe with it. I think we were at the same screening. If you went on. Were you on? Were you there on Valentine's Day? I was. Yep, we were at the same screening.
2: <laughs> yeah, and the screening started at five o'clock, which was also why I was mm-hmm. late because you can't get anywhere in Los Angeles between the hours of four and no, six. No, let alone nope. to
0: a busy mall. What are they Girl, even thinking?
2: It was so ridiculous.
0: <laughs> but I, you know, I was there by myself. I uh, had my popcorn. I had my drink. I was all set up to either enjoy it or hate it, and I had a fine time. But as a fan of Uncharted. I just think I would have liked it more if it were just a cheesy action movie rather than a purported video game adaptation.
2: So were there any of the scenes that like sort of solidified that thought for you of like, this ain't it? Um, I think my major gripe is honestly with uh,
0: casting issues. Um, I think Tom Holland is great. I think he is such a charismatic lead. I think he's an incredible action star. Like you can tell he's doing the stunts and he's so impressive. Like he's just like light on his feet and he's quick and he's flipping around. You're like, that's definitely Tom Holland. I can see his face. With Spider-Man, sometimes you're like, that could just be CG. But no, this one, you're like, definitely that's Tom Holland. It's so impressive. He doesn't look like Nathan Drake. I mean, he he is a good middle ground between the child Nathan Drake that we meet in flashback in Uncharted 3 and the adult Nathan Drake that more people are familiar with. So I think that's okay. But he's just not quite like, I don't know,
2: roguish enough? So is it is it his size or is it... Because like for me personally, well, let's do some fan casting. Because I do think that Tom Holland serves the Nathan Drake of now in this movie actually quite well. The younger, not quite it. I don't know if he's going to grow into the physical... Like stature that you would expect, like because when I think about, I think he's an adult man. Yeah, so exactly. Done growing. It's done. You know, it's he not
3: looks gonna... like a little kid, though. He yeah. looks like it. So look, one of my most impressive scenes was also the one that I think was maybe the most unnecessary in this movie. And it was the training montage. It's like, all right, you, really, you're going to get that much better at at running around the globe looking for treasure by climbing a rope in your apartment a few times. I'll buy it. But like, I, I feel like I can take this kid. I see him bartending. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, can, I can take Spider-Man. And then he takes his shirt off. My dear God. There's not an ounce of body fat on there. Like he took his shirt off in the Spider-Man movie and I'm like, all right, cool. The kid's in the gym. This one is shredded. And then you got Wahlberg walking around with just bazookas. And so I here's my here's my I guess my question for if we're fan casting this, because everybody thought it was going to be Nathan Fillion a decade ago. And then there were some rumors that it was going to be Mark Wahlberg back in his slightly younger days as Nathan Drake. And so I just wonder, Bailey, is this sort of because it feels like they're at least trying to set up a franchise. The box office returns have been pretty solid. So if we do get a franchise, do you not even think that Tom Holland is like a good starting point that could grow into Nathan Drake? Because like you said, he is like a fully grown adult.
0: I, you know, I doubt they're going to recast Tom Holland in the sequel. (laughs) So I feel like complaining about it is a moot point.
3: We're stuck with it,
0: I do hope that Mark Wahlberg's character is like a little more Sully in the sequel Mm. because that was like another issue where you could tell he wanted to be Nathan Drake. So like the way he was playing Sully was not at all like Sully is in the game. He's like this curmudgeonly cigar chomping like mentor figure. Instead it was just a slightly too old Nathan Drake and too old, too bitter,
2: Nathan Drake. That's exactly 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 what it was. No, like I agree with with you. Nathan Drake would
0: be the two of them averaged together. Yes, but instead instead of that, we have them like separate and just bantering off each other. And I enjoyed the banter. I thought that their chemistry was really good.
1: Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
2: Actually, that's what's interesting about it, too, that you mentioned the two of them, because I do feel like this was a movie where they, like, said, let's hit all the quadrants. We're going to get the international audience with him. We're going to get the, you know, Tati. (laughs) is going to give us the nice, ambiguously ethnic, but also, you know what I mean? Like, they they definitely hit all of the quadrants. When you look at a movie like Jurassic World, I, I always talk about it. Think about that movie. Standard IP. You get the right movie star that hits this audience. You hit the right movie star that hits that audience and you bring them together. Other thing I will just add up on it with Tom Holland. I agree with y'all on some things, but this is the one thing I will say. Tom Holland's girlfriend is Zendaya. Zendaya l- like, and Tom Holland dated, broke up, and she went back. Like, let's be clear, like, like, like she went back like they because Tom Holland was dating someone before they restarted dating. Everyone needs to like TMZ this timeline because they dated. Well, it was like, you know, they dated. It was rumored they were dating. They never talked about it, but they were dating. Then they broke up. She dated Nate from Euphoria. Dude is seven feet tall. And she dumped that dude He's to such go a back in the show. Yeah, but he's he seems out, nice in real but life. But <laughs> in real life, he's Australian and six seven and looks like <sighs> that. So like, come on. And she went back. So I would just say with Tom Holland, there's a quiet confidence to him. That's what I wanted to use, like his dating experience. There's a quiet confidence to him, and I do think it works. I mean, the scene I really loved, in, in all honesty, the bartending scene is actually pretty incredible because as a former bartender. It is a cool looking job. It really is. is. It is a cool looking job. You can look sexy behind pine. You can look sexy leaning back with your, you know, with your long pour. Like it is a sexy looking job. Tom Holland looked really sexy doing it.
0: I think Tom Cruise proved in Cocktail that the shorter of a man you are, the cooler you look pouring drinks. Exactly.
2: So.
3: They they do that at the dispensary where I pick up my adult gummies is that behind the <laughs> counter. It's like a foot higher than you are on the other side. Yeah. And so it, everybody seems like they tower over you. And that's how they, they probably pulled off in Cocktail and in this movie. With this, I, I feel like the main um, sort of discrepancy between just the, the regular schmo moviegoer and somebody who was like a big uncharted gamer is that like I can go there and just enjoy the chemistry of Sully and Nate and not have to worry about does this fit with the game? Although I will say, Bailey, I do see that what was so interesting about this movie as a whole is that it's the first time that Mark Wahlberg has sort of acknowledged his age where he seems like he just continues to want to be that 30-something guy who can just run around shirtless and beat the crap out of people in contraband. But now it's like there's a little bit of Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon in him. There's a little bit of I'm too old for this. Yeah. And so do you, is there a chance that he could age into being that cigar-chomping, you know, father figure as opposed to your much, much, much older brother?
0: I... um feel like he's going to have to do a lot of off-screen work between Uncharted and the sequel uh,
2: for, to achieve that. But no. I mean, he did grow
0: a mustache, so he did grow a mustache. anything's possible.
2: Yeah. It's a start. Wait a minute. I forgot about this too. We'll, we'll get to it down at the end, but the other thing with Uncharted, and I don't want to like skip ahead, but since we're talking about the two leads, I really also want to talk about the character that we meet at the very end, because we don't know who that is. Well, we do know who that is, but we don't know who necessarily is going to play that right character. The brother, it turns out, is not dead. He's been in a prison, right? And I'm interested to look like if they cast the average, as we've been so advocating for in this episode, in that, like Liam Hemsworth... You know what I'm saying? Like, they, I think they can add that in there, like something rugged or, you know what I mean? Like an average of the two and just make him a little bit less cool than Tom Holland.
0: It will help. You just want a Pokemon evolution of Nathan Drake, essentially, <laughs> is what you're asking for? Get it. <laughs> ah, you I want love the war
2: turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. Um, No, and, well, Bailey, seriously, though, give me one of the scenes that you either loved or hated. Like, one of the specific moments, what, what was going on?
0: i loved when the big ship smashed into the other ship that was rad
2: <laughs> set it up
3: for us a bit
0: <laughs> i don't think there's any setup needed there's a big <laughs> ship flying through the air and there's another big ship flying through the air.
3: that was one of the many scenes where i was like i'm so happy i hit the water off button yeah. because the 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 swashbuckling adventure aspect of this movie was something that really turned me on even from the word go where i was out on that opening scene with the, like, when, when Nathan just wakes up and all of a sudden he's in a free fall and he's got to climb a rope. And I think that maybe all the Fast and Furious movies, Point Break, Black Widow, they all sort of have, like, a we're punching and fighting each other as we're falling down from the sky sort of sequence already, even though that uncharted moment is pretty similar to a video game moment. But it was a nice entry point into the franchise, into what the, could be a franchise. And so seeing that, Kind of set me up for what the rest of this was, but I gotta tell y'all, I really enjoyed the interaction of Nathan Drake, not just with Sully, but with Sophia Lee. Um, when when they were tussling with with Tati, it was so cool, and I love the the National Treasure problem solving that we get here. I I, I really do like watching them. I, I heard some people thought that that muddled the movie or kind of slowed the action down, that it made the movie boring. Even I never felt bored. I love looking for keyholes. The fact that there's a keyhole. In a Papa John's in Spain, all right, all right, all right. It's a Mark Wahlberg movie. We got to advertise a product somewhere. We just swap I mean, out Bug Life and Transformers for Papa John's for Uncharted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thought it was pretty. Thought that was pretty good. Also, my upstairs neighbors are making more noise than usual, which is incredible. I really thought they had hit their peak, but right now they're just. Really Showing that it.
2: There's, more, there's more to it. It's okay, background. They wanna
0: participate in the podcast too.
2: Sometimes <laughs> animals, sometimes neighbors, girl. We're with it. Um, <laughs> so much happening. But the one thing I will say we didn't talk about with Tom Holland, regardless of what our opinions are, regardless of whether or not he rode the coattails of Mark Wahlberg, who's always been a bankable star, and um, Antonio Banderas, who's also a bankable star. Yeah. This really sort of put the icing on the cake for Tom Holland to say he could carry his own movie. And when I say his own movie, I mean as much of his own movie as he's going to get before it's really only on his shoulders. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Because you look at somebody like Robert Pattinson, he came in with that, right? He had, I think it's uh, $3.6 billion with the Twilight franchise. Call it what you will, he's on the top bill of that movie and he's got $4.6 billion. It didn't translate to the types of roles that he wanted to do, so he went and did his own thing, but now he's sitting on top of Batman, that's him. It's a Batman movie, absolutely, but from now on, Robert Pattinson is the guy that's going to probably open a movie that's going to gross over a billion and a half dollars at the box office globally, and he can hang his hat on that. Tom Holland can bank on the fact that he literally saved Sony as a studio.
3: Bailey, how much is Uncharted in the public consciousness, in your opinion, as somebody who comes to it from the games? Because I've heard a lot of folks say that it, most people going to see this movie are maybe know it's a video game based on it's on a video game, but they have no. So I'm just trying to figure out because we all know what a big property Spider-Man is like if if I started in a Spider-Man movie, it would still make $100 million w- with Uncharted. Do enough people know about that to make it a hit on its own? Or do you really think that Tom Holland brought that extra sizzle?
0: I feel like. Uncharted was a very formative game for a lot of people who love video games. And so even though I don't think there is a recent one that's really super in the public consciousness, Uncharted 2, again, in particular, is so important in the grand scheme of video games that any person who loves video games is familiar with the series, has nostalgia for it. and I think that brings them into the theater. Also, Tom Holland's charming. I'm not going to pretend he's not charming like Mm. he he can lead a movie. I like him a lot. He's great. I don't think he's a great Nathan Drake, but I like him. I have no problem with him. And if it was just a Tom Holland led fun action movie, I would go see it
2: even without the nostalgia for Uncharted. Well, let me ask you this. If that's the formula, why is it so difficult? Because I would point to a movie like Assassin's Creed, which is another movie that I have a soft spot for that most people hate. Because that was actually the video game that brought me back to video games after college.
3: So you like the movie? I do.
1: why wow.
2: I really do. You can come after me if you feel. Um, but <laughs> but why? Like, what is it? What is the formula for a successful video game movie? Because there just seems to be. A graveyard of horrible examples. And even the ones that are sort of sitting at the top of, like, oh, these were well reviewed video game movies. They're not video game movies like Uncharted. And I'm talking about something like, you know, Angry Birds or Detective Pikachu or Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. Yes. All of those are video game movies, sure. But it's not the same as like Uncharted and Tomb Raider. And I would say Sonic is the. Closest one to a pure video game, like as in this was a video game franchise. It had stories within that first that then became that. But if you watch Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, it's more based off of the cartoon series.
0: That's a fair assessment. I also just think the Sonic movies didn't like the first one. Oh, wow. Explain. I thought he could have been any video game character for like 95% of the movie. And that's my issue with it. The thing I love about Sonic is not him being driven around in a car by James Marston. He could have been Crash Bandicoot. He could have been Banjo-Kazooie. Like, he, he is interchangeable with any other popular video game characters for, like, all but two scenes in the movie when his speed comes into play. And I think they're really well set up for the sequel. I'm really optimistic about the sequel. But the first one... Uh, it was just a lot of driving around in a car. I've been stumping
3: a lot for uh, for an Earthworm Jim movie. And Jim Carrey kind of steals that whole movie, I think for a lot of folks, especially people my age, because that's the Jim Carrey that we fell in love with from In Living Color and from Ace Ventura. With the villain here... I, I I did like the twist because I, I just smelled something was off with seeing Antonio Banderas and that he might not be the the, the final boss, as it were. But seeing him as Mancata, I believe, it, I, I don't know what it is about Antonio Banderas. When he has like the long desperado hair, I'm like, this guy can beat the crap out of anybody. When he's got the short hair and he starts talking in that slightly like when he makes his voice bass. I'm sorry. If you're going to give me Antonio Banderas in a movie, speaking like that, And then in the next scene, you're going to have this ridiculous storyline where Nathan gets a cat for Sully. I'm putting those together in my mind, and I'm just pretending Puss in Boots is the villain in this movie. Uh And Jacqueline, you know how I'm not a cat guy per se, but Puss in Boots is the most adorable big screen creation I've ever seen because he's got his tiny little boots and he's got his little sword in <laughs> his hat. And it's so cute. And he's basically, that's of. yeah,
2: uh, um, Montoya from Princess Bride. Like, that's the best part about that is he's, you know, bringing all of that. Like, I will fight you. I love it. I love it. Love yeah. I it, love it. Yes. Yeah. Bailey, I definitely want to make sure we also sort of like break down. I don't know where this could go as far as, you know, what could happen, because I like what you said about Sonic. The fact that you feel the first one wasn't your favorite, but it sets up something that you're interested in. Can you be that? Um, I would say graceful about this this iteration. <laughs>
0: uh, I can certainly try. Um, <laughs> no promises. Sure. The thing the thing is, I just don't think it's set up in the same way because with Uncharted, they're pulling just all their favorite moments. From the game series, you've got the cargo plane, you've got, you know, Chloe double-crossing people, which, by the way, she was the one who was most true to her character. Mm -hmm. I loved her. Her performance was good. No complaints there. But, you know, they're pulling, like, the greatest hits from the series and sort of cobbling them together in this, like, smooshed-up jigsaw puzzle of a video game movie. Whereas with Sonic... They're just kind of pulling from the basic lore of the character. They're introducing him and they're like, okay, we're going to actually do the Sonic adventures in the next one though. But now you know who Sonic is this. It's like, yes, he's Nathan Drake. Also, we've done all the coolest stuff already. Get ready for the sequel. And I just don't think, I don't think it's set up as well in the same way. Um, I am excited to meet the brother. I, felt pretty confident he was alive based on mm-hmm. every single context clue in the movie, <laughs> especially the voiceover postcards when they like, hold the postcard up to the screen and it's got the world's biggest letters and it's like the shortest sentences, but they still feel the need to do a voiceover. I'm like, oh, they really want us to pay attention to these. The brother's still alive for sure. Mm. Yeah, uh. the
3: brothers really were not fans of modern technology. Like, I, I, mm. I'm I, not sure that the government was after you the whole time. So you probably could have gotten some sort of I mean, a raven text? from game of thrones yeah. through at least but I, I long just to
2: stop by the bar and say hello i mean if it's coded a text will still work that's my whole point it's like yeah. get a burner phone send a coded text get it together kid
3: uh something's going on with sam that's probably not good but <laughs> i I'm, I'm excited to see where that could go so but it seems like bailey like you're you're sort of looking at where uncharted as a franchise as a film franchise could go And it says that it might only get further and further away from the video games and those set pieces that that you were a fan of to begin with, because I feel like in the same way that Sonic could have been any 90s video game character, this movie could have been and this could have been a Tomb Raider and I would not have known the difference like me as somebody who played a little bit of Tomb Raider. I might have dabbled in Uncharted once. But you could have swapped Tom Holland out for Alicia Vikander, and I would have been like, "Oh, this is a fun Tomb Raider movie." You could have swapped them out for Nicolas Cage, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a really fun, you know, National Treasure movie." And so 100% it, it didn't
0: watch that. Yeah, I, I, that I'm, I'm here
3: for it, and I've been begging <laughs> for National Treasure three forever. So maybe we can just unite those franchises. But currently, Jacqueline, this is super interesting. Uncharted. It, it seems like especially that audience score, which is so high. Uncharted is only twelfth on the list of video game adaptations according to the tomato meter. So, I'm going to run down very quickly the ones that are at the top. So, you have both Angry Birds movies are are ahead of Uncharted Angry Birds 2 is 73% and that is the second highest video game adaptation of all time. Number 1 right now is Werewolves Within from last year at 86%. And then we go to Pokemon Sonic the Hedgehog, and that's it for freshness. And then Mortal Kombat from last year is 54%. The most recent Tomb Raider, Rampage. Mortal Kombat from 95 is only 47%. And if you think that's a travesty, don't worry. We talked about it on a previous episode of this very show. Should be 100%. Monster Hunter, Final Fantasy, Angry Birds, and then Uncharted, which is beating Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time.
2: What?
0: But everyone loved that movie. (laughs) (laughs) What?
2: What's your opinion on that list? Like, would you put, I mean, I don't think you'd put Uncharted higher. Where would you put, what would you make your top three maybe? And then also, I think it is funny that we have two sequels that rank almost in like the top 10 with Angry Birds and, or two sequel slash reboots, uh, Mortal Kombat.
0: You know, I honestly liked Mortal Kombat the one that just came out, I thought Mm -hmm. it was a really good video game adaptation because I think it captured the tone of the game really well. Like the complaints I heard were like, oh, the plot was really flimsy. Oh, there was a lot of gore. Oh, some of the characters seemed really interchangeable. I'm like, yeah, that's Mortal Kombat. What are you talking about? That's a perfect adaptation of that game. Then it -hmm. captured the vibe and I think that's what Uncharted was trying to do, uh, but like the thing is, also there's several video game adaptations that are very good that are not included on that list because they're not movies,
2: like Arcane. True, sure. and actually, that's what's interesting too. And I wanted to leave it with this before we get out of here: the TV video game adaptations are doing way better. Arcane, Castlevania, The, the Witcher Halo series, hopefully Halo, The Last of Us, The Last of Us, hopefully. But like, it just seems that. Is that what it is? Do they need more time to make these good? Would you have rather, this is a better question, would you have rather seen an uncharted television show?
0: Absolutely, no question. I think game series like this are much better uh, episodically. I think um, if any upcoming video game adaptation would have been well-suited for a movie, it would be The Last of Us, but I'm glad they're giving it a time to give it a full series. But just because it's such a linear Mm. clear storyline that you can't really deviate from with uncharted you can just pull different adventures and have like different episodes for that but when you jumble them all together in a movie it just feels pretty muddled to me there is one movie that's coming out that i do think is set up for success which is ghost of tsushima which is being directed by the guy who directed john wick Mm. uh
2: yeah essentially the same
0: story so yeah
2: no i'm (laughs) with you on that one that's excellent that's an excellent point too all right. Well, I think we've I, I don't think if we've really discerned whether or not we all agree if Rotten Tomatoes is wrong, but points were made. Points were made. Points were made I think,
3: I I think you go into Uncharted and even if you're a huge fan of the game Uncharted, you just you, you, you turn your brain off to that and then you might see something that reminds you of the fun game that you played. And as long as you don't have don't walk into this game holding a controller, I guess is is And maybe know that you're buying a ticket to see it in 4DX, if that is indeed the case, because it's a lot of shaking. <laughs> I'm <Huh>. uh, <laughs> It's a lot of shaking. It was it, like I was sore. It was fun, but I was sore. It was a workout.
0: I've only ever seen one 4DX movie, and it was the recent James Bond movie. And oh, every boy. chase scene, I just got motion sickness. And then all the emotional... Uh, conversations and there were many because it was the final daniel craig one they just kept punching me in the kidneys because they felt like i needed to get my money's worth with the chair so maybe
2: not the best first impression of 4dx sounds a lot more fun it's a really long movie and it's a really long movie fair to that okay (sighs) that's gonna do it for us today in movie talk (laughs) kick in the kidneys love that let's go ahead and rip open our mailbag Okay, from a member of the Ketchup Crew, we have Ryan Painter. Please, please, please do Dragonheart. He wrote, this movie has struck has stuck with me for years because as a preteen, seeing this movie made me believe I actually could befriend a dragon. Not a bad, plausible thought to have. Okay, really? <laughs> now he says, okay, not really. But this is the closest any movie will ever come to make anybody feel that way. Also, David Thules is uh, David Thules plays one of the most whiny, self-involved villains I can recall. Dennis Quaid was marvelous as a knight. And come on, Sean Connery made this movie. No, nope, I'm sorry. There's no other voice that will do. Please do Dragonheart. Ryan Painter writes, Ryan, I don't disagree with you. Also, I believe this is a Dragonheart universe because I think it's one of those movies that had like four sequels that nobody knows about. I'm going to have to really? get Mark Kaufmeier on it. What What are your thoughts
3: on uh, Dragonheart, Bailey?
0: I didn't see it. Oh,
3: Mark <laughs> <laughs> It was like ninety four, I think, is yeah. that was yeah, yeah, 95. I was
0: I was Don't uh, say t- it.
3: Don't say it.
0: Okay, <laughs> I'll I will I won't say it. I won't I'm say just it. Kidding. Let's just kidding. Let's just say if my parents took me to see it, it would have been very irresponsible of them.
3: Oh, my gosh, it was okay. So the effects in that movie, I remember being like eye poppingly great all along like the lines of the original Jurassic Park. But I also got really a a nice little schooling of how the the nerd hierarchy works wherever you're from, because there were these three adult males who were watching the movie in the front row and as they're walking out, like me and my idiot friends like rode our bikes to go see it and then we're walking out and like, I didn't think the movie was that great. Sorry, Ryan. And th- these two, <laughs> like it was like two nerdlings and like the king nerd and they're all walking out together and they're the nerdlings were debating whether they liked the movie or not like, no, no, I, I, I like that. And then the king nerd spoke. And when the king nerd speaks, the nerdling shut up. So they're walking out and I hear the nerd, the, the nerd king say it was an above average fantasy film. And then the nerdlings were satisfied. And I remember seeing that interaction, just being a fly on the wall, being like, that's how it works. And now I'm I don't think I've made it to Nerd King yet. I think I'm still a nerdling. But uh, a powerful
0: origin story, though. (laughs) I love it. Love it. Look forward to seeing that in flashback in your whatever your version
2: of Uncharted 3 is. I love it. (laughs) Also, I might add, um, I was right. There are five Dragonheart movies. Wow.
0: Three prequels
2: and a sequel and the original.
0: Five total. Should should I watch them?
2: No, but I do love (laughs) I'm always fascinated by these movies that have lots of sequels that people have just let, like, wash over them. I I think people are aware of the Resident Evil sequels, obviously, but just the fact that that franchise is still continuing. It's like, girls had a bad day for a while, you know, kind of thing. There's another uh, Land Before Time. There's like 15 Land Before Time. So I love any movie franchise like that because they don't keep making it for fun. People are watching it. Um, (laughs) We also, Ryan, thank you so much for your email. Again, folks, if you don't know, if you want to recommend a TV or movie show for us, we have tons of stuff coming up over spring and summer. Just email us at Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. And we are again begging you, if you want us to cover Hook, which we do want to cover, we need you to email us a video of yourself telling us why you love it and think it deserves an episode. We're going to cobble together those and and maybe maybe we'll be able to bully our producers and our and our corporate overlords
3: into letting us do this. You have the power, ketchup crew. And here we have some good vid submissions. So I heard this, this. I heard this. I heard this. could so. be a thing. I mean, that crocodile was giant. The one that ended up, you know, off in Captain Hook because yeah. it, it it was just like a, a a clock or something, wasn't it? It was like they turned it into a clock tower or something. I don't Absolutely. know. I gotta watch that movie again. I really I, was not a fan. Never been uh, a fan. Glenn
2: Never Close been a fan of Hook. Is in is in boy drag. Like, come on.
3: Get that movie out of my life. I'll watch it again and I'll give it a fair sh- chance. But get that movie out of my. life. John Williams. When I saw John Williams live at the Hollywood Bowl, he opened with the score from a Hook, and I'm like, Well, what are we doing here, Johnny? Wild we, we got... <sighs> We, we we got Jurassic Park, we got Star Wars, we got any Jones. You're oh, open with Oh
2: you know they gotta do the deep cuts for the fans, Mark. Not to
3: open. You open with a familiar tune, and then you can do like like this for book is hook. the drum solo.
0: Most people have you like never even to a concert. They save the bangers for the encore.
3: That's what like <laughs> Loverboy would do if they have like one song that everybody's like, Yeah, working for the weekend. This is John Freaking Williams. He's got everything.
2: <laughs>
0: About
3: Playing
2: hook. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> Bailey, this this was a joy, really. It was so great to have you. Um, please let us know what you're working on and where folks can find you.
0: Thank you so much. It was such a joy being here. Um, you can find me all over fandom, any gaming content. I'm I'm pretty much, I have a hand in it. But also you can see me on Twitch. I stream pretty much every day. Uh, Bailey versus Predator. Or you can just follow me on Twitter, Bailey Myers.
3: Yes, Bailey versus Predator.
0: Oh, I love that so much. That is
3: the co- you know, if my name was Bailey, I still wouldn't have come up with that. That is really good. I love People that. are
0: like, how do you spell that? I'm like, it was worth it for the pun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> OK, so really quick, though, since you are a person that is in the know with both television movies, et cetera, what is can you give us a TV movie recommendation that you something you've been watching you want folks to check out?
0: Oh, the thing that I've been really loving recently is Righteous Gemstones. The new season is mm.
2: so good. Yes. Mega church scammers. Um, also, and John
0: Goodman hot this season?
2: Yeah, that's what I heard. That's John what Goodman heard. always hot? John Goodman needs an Oscar. Like John Goodman yes. from Barton Fink, the fact that he didn't get an Oscar for that, it's just been a travesty since then. I think he still holds the record for the most, uh, one of the most uh, host times on uh, SNL too.
0: Wow, oh like, man! Yeah, he
3: was. He he's got some all time memorable ones. The other thing yeah. about like the, the righteous gemstones as a whole, I really like the first season. I got to catch the second season. That could be an episode. That could be an episode of the show at some point. Love that. Like in those gemstone folk.
2: I dig it. Um, again, just want to thank you again, Bailey. It was really fun having you. Thank and you. Please come back anytime. It's great. Uh want to <laughs> remind everyone again, you can find us anywhere podcasts are heard. Please rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends. Let them know about this podcast. The growth that we've had is so much a dedication to all of you listening, so we want to keep it going. Mark, what are we doing next week?
3: Next week? I mean... We've been uh, trying to get this one in the hopper for a while. So I don't know if you all knew this and all the Batmania that's going around these days. Again, he's not a Batman. He's the Batman. He's got a friend who started out as an enemy and is an alien named uh Kal-El, I believe. That's his name. And he's from Krypton. Don't ask about his home planet. He gets all emotional. Anyway, (laughs) the movie is called Man of Steel. And that is what we're going to be tackling next week. So finally, Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's the movie that kicked off the Snyderverse, unless you count the owl movie, which I do. It's Man of Steel. And so a lot of folks think that we need a sequel to it. A lot of folks debating what the tomato meter is. And that's why we do this show. That is going to be possibly a highly contested one.
2: Yeah, it definitely will be because for folks that don't know, I tried to watch that movie five times and fell asleep all of them.
3: <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, did you fall so asleep so at
2: different crap. parts, or was uh, it about the same forty-five every time, forty-five minutes in every single time? <laughs> I don't know if I've actually finished it. If I'm being completely honest, I, I know what, a-
3: what you're doing. No, this is this is Jacqueline's issue. As soon as she realized that Russell Crowe was not going to be in the rest of the movie, she conked out. She took a melatonin.
0: <laughs> it seems valid. That's why I stopped watching Lee Miz.
2: Oh, (laughs) damn.
3: Pour one out. Pour one out for the captain or whatever that guy's name is. Oh, (laughs) my
2: gosh. On that note, we're going to end our episode this (laughs) week, and we will see y'all next week on Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. Bye, y'all.